1: Bonus bets expire in 30 days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.
2: Hi, folks. Welcome back for part two of the offensive discussion against the Saints. Uh Great game, another another uh, uh, win. We talked about in the in the first part, nice formula win. The Ravens running all over the Saints, and back again to talk with me about it in part two is Vas Larikos. How are you doing? Uh, let me Do- pronounce your name correctly, please. That is,
3: that's right. You, you nailed it, Laricos. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
2: I appreciate that, and I've I, I've I've mispronounced so many names on air that I I uh, I, I really want to try and get it right. Uh, But Voss, great to have you on here. Managing editor at Baltimore Beatdown, co-managing editor, correct? Correct. Co-managing editor. All right.
3: Great to be with you, Ken. Always enjoy breaking it down with you.
2: All right. Well, great to have you. Great to have you back. Uh, We'll jump right into it. actually got to thank our sponsor, Liquid Death, the water that will murder your thirst. Uh, Please give their product a try. They've they've been good to us. Uh, Let's talk some offensive line. Yeah. So... I, I'll I'll start off at left tackle with with Ronnie Stanley. Uh, really nice to see him play the full game for the first time since he's been back.
3: Yes, that was my first comment. Took every snap on offense. This was the first game where he just kind of looked. I don't know. I just didn't have the the fear. It, the The ankle injury kind of was in the back of your mind. It wasn't on the forefront anymore. Um, and I, I know he picked up that holding call which would be a demarcation in your, in your, but it didn't look like much to me. What, uh, what'd you see from Ronnie?
2: I, well, first of all, I completely agree on the holding call. It, it looked like BS to me. Uh, he still gets a minus six, unfortunately for him, which is going to hurt his grade, but uh, uh, he otherwise had an outstanding game. Um, aside from that holding, they had no pressures allowed of any sort, uh, you know, and they, they threw the ball 25 times you expect something probably to happen. Tackles give up. A fair number of pressures. They face the toughest, you know, rushers off the edge. And the Saints certainly have guys that are that are good there. Uh in Jordan and Dabport. He did allow two shared penetrations on run plays. And again, this is this is something we talked about in the first part of this. Was you know, the Ravens don't always look as completely comfortable uh when they're doing zone schemes in terms of of uh, you know, Stanley is just an outstanding. Positional blocker. Let him manage his own feet, manage where he wants to move himself. He'll get you exactly the seal block you need. He'll get into level two and cut off that that safety or that cornerback who needs to come across and make a play. He'll find a way to contribute on the backside of a run play where other left tackles won't. But asking him to zone block is really like asking a fish to run a marathon. or something. It's, it's not quite that bad. I don't want to, I don't want to it be, that. it's just not, it's, it's just a little, it's, it's asking him to do something non-optimally. Uh, so anyway, we're, <laughs> we, we didn't talk about that a little bit.
3: Yeah. I think Ronnie, I mean, I have a good bit of confidence now that he's stacked together several good games, knock on wood, you know, we're, we're getting, we're getting the Ronnie Stanley that they invested that huge contract into. So Really good sign, not only for this season, for long term. Again, knock on wood, but I've been very, very pleasantly surprised. I don't know, if surprised is the right word, but but very optimistic about Ronnie at this point.
2: Yeah, he's just he's um, it, been a hundred percent of what the Ravens, one hundred and fifteen percent of what the Ravens could reasonably have hoped, uh, and and a hundred percent of what they could possibly hope in their wildest dreams in terms of of who he is. That that yeah. I, I, would you see him competing this year for a Pro Bowl? I think
3: he could. I mean, what did he miss? The first four games, right? He came back at the fifth game.
2: Or was was right. the didn't play them all.
3: Right. But the state of offensive line play throughout the league, I mean, you have some some other guys that were Pro Bowlers last year that are on into reserve So, um, yeah, I think – and he certainly gets a lot of credit for – being the linchpin of the offensive line and one of the best top graded offensive lines in the league, one of the best, one of the best offenses in the league. So yeah, uh, you know, by, by process of, of allocating, uh, you know, credit, he, he should get a lot of credit.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, Uh, did, did a pretty good job in, in mobility two level two blocks, which is not, that's not an outstanding number, but, uh, they're also not asking him to down block on that side too much. Ravens primarily a right-handed run team. So the down blocks usually come from Moses, uh, on that other side where he gets a lot of, you know, somewhat easier seal blocks to make, um, three out of four on poles. We mentioned there had been a lot of that. Moses pulled even more than he did, uh, really looked good. Getting position on the edge. I know I'm kind of repeating this point, but Ronnie Stanley just there's a, there's a component of his pass blocking and his ability to mirror that somehow translates to his ability to run block very well, and that he he seems to be able to to to, to pivot very well and and to get his feet where they need to be to make a very solid block. It's also very creative as a blocker in terms of. Knowing when he's finished a guy enough that he's out of the play and then making a second block, and that's something he does very well on the backside of run play. So you, have, you often will see a safety crash in the backfield, think Ed Reed, where he's in the backside of the play and he, and he tracks it down from across the, the the pocket because he's unblocked. Stanley watches out for those guys, and all he knows all he really has to do is get a hand on the middle of their chest or, or on their shoulder a lot of times, and they're going to be thrown out of the play. So uh, he's he's been very effective at that as well.
3: Oh, yeah, very very much so. Very well said. Um, technician, athletic technician. I mean, really, that's what he is. Good. So, you know, it's it's hard to uh, to replace that. Really happy to have him back on the
2: field. I'm writing uh, that one down because I will be quoting you on that. The athletic technician. <laughs> right.
3: Combines the best, the best of, of all worlds.
2: So B for the game for him, uh, primarily it was that holding penalty. If he if he hadn't had the holding penalty, he had an easy A uh, for, the, for the game in this one. Um who do we talk about next year?
3: Um well you have McCari on the uh I guess he just had that one snap uh you know kind of typical McCari gave up some ground battled back um you know one snap he, he's the he's the sixth man I think for the sixth man he's he's a good player.
2: Yeah, I mean, definitely Ravens are very lucky to have him as a sixth man for for any position, but we've seen more now Macary you know had made all 16 of his blocks uh, in one game in relief recently, didn't get a grade out of it. But then he went zero for six in another game. He went minus two for one in this game. So he's he's you know in, in total. It, it, I'm not saying it's been. It, I, I, I'm not saying McCarry's been a great lineman by any sense or the guy you'd want you know as a starting tackle. Um, but there's a lot worse relieving tackles in the NFL right now um, that that can certainly hurt you more. And uh, McCarry's you know above the replacement level, I believe.
3: Yeah, I think there's probably a dozen teams that would want him as a starting tackle right now for sure. Hmm.
2: All right. Let's move on to Ben Powers because uh, he's he's been on a solid run. This wasn't a perfect game by him, but the fact that they ended up running the ball ended up really improving his score, and he did not make pass blocking errors in this game, which is good, um, or not many anyway. He did allow one full pressure in the game. Uh, that was fairly early on. looked pretty awkward too when he did it. Um, and then 1.5 penetration. So he was part of the problem. And I think you mentioned this on the first show that, that he, he was part of the problem letting guys get into the, to the backfield that make some plays.
3: Yeah. I didn't think this was power's best game. Um, he just, he didn't get a whole lot of movement at the point of attack. Uh, I, I really do think he's, he's better at pass blocking than run block. I don't know if you, if you agree or disagree
2: with that. Um, what we've seen, I mean, the Tampa Bay game, he had a really good second half, I thought. And and he's he's done things as a puller that have been up and down this year. Sometimes he's been terrible as a puller. Other times he's been pretty good. And this game, he, he was 11 of 13 on pulls. I, I think he's one of these guys that really benefits from the defense being tired. Like, I think, you know, at, I don't know if you remember the, the complete, like, um... What would I call it big swinging dick stuff that he brought to the table when he first was drafted about talking about you know taking ripping the heart yeah. out of an man I don't even yeah, remember yeah. what the words was because it was just it's it's not exactly let's just say what Ben Powers has delivered. I think he's become a fine lineman. I think he's had a really good year. I think I put his year at a higher level, I think than most other people who are grading it um in terms of of what he's accomplished, I think he's been you know a solid blocker, done good pass blocking job, and a pretty good run blocking job, not been the greatest on polls, and they do ask him to do a lot of that. but um I've been pretty happy with with his overall level of play.
3: He's a competent lineman he I think that's the best way to say it. I know a lot of us were maybe more excited about Ben Cleveland coming into the season. I think at this point, Cleveland's had such a trouble, you know staying available, but I also think at this point of the season you want to kind of just kind of gel together and mesh together and leave the same guys in for all the plays instead of some of the rotation stuff, which they did in this game. Um, So I think a lot of the analysts have said now it's not about having, you know, two or three lead offensive linemen. It's about how bad is your worst offensive lineman. Uh, As long as you don't have a huge weakness, you're you're okay most games. Even if they target him and put the three tech overs – over his face and everything else, he can still hold up pretty well.
2: Yeah, that's that's a great point. And th- that is something the Ravens are now in a very good position in terms of who's their worst offensive lineman uh going across because they don't have a gaping hole and they don't even have a gaping gap really. The 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 left A gap would be it between Linderbaum and Powers. And honestly I think that that Powers has played well enough and there have been a few things. They 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 allowed a sack to Vita Vea which was shared in that A gap. And and they had some stuff happen that uh, I think DeMario Davis uh, got not picked up in that A gap. So it's not it's not like it's been perfect or anything, but um, but I agree with that that is a, a general philosophy is, is having not the having a, a good fifth best offensive lineman is is awfully valuable.
4: You may have started to notice the strange tall boys of beer in the bottled water section of your local stores. But that's not beer. That's why it's in the water section. It's mountain spring water from the Alps, and it's called liquid death. Why is this water called liquid death? Well, because it'll brutally murder your thirst. And their infinitely recyclable tallboy cans help to bring a death to plastic bottles. They also donate 10% of the profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. Plus, you can have some fun with it. I love my liquid death. I'm taking it to work every day, throwing it in the backpack. Yesterday, I had a Zoom meeting. There's nothing like getting on a Zoom meeting at 9 a.m. and cracking open a Liquid Death and watching the other screens as people try to figure out what you're drinking that early in the morning on a work call. So go on over, check out Liquid Death. Pick it up yourself and go on over and get it at your local Harris Teeter or 7-Eleven or find a Liquid Death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com. Slash Film Study. That's
3: liquiddeath.com dot forward slash Film Study. Mm-hmm. Like a weak link breaks the chain, kind of position. Same same thing applies to the defensive backfield in a lot of ways. Yeah,
2: you know they'll they'll find that guy and they'll mm. they'll pick on him. Uh, four level two blocks for Powers. No pancakes. he he'd been pretty much leading the team in pancakes. Moses now may have it. I'm I'm, I'm going to have to check in terms of looking at the season. Um, anyway, uh, a solid game for uh, uh, for Powers. And he had four missed blocks in the game, by the way, which is not bad at all for a guard. That's actually pretty good total. But even better, he only had one loss at the line of scrimmage. So he had two losses on poles. One where he moved into level two and didn't make a block. Those have those are less bad. I mean, it's it's you know if you can't find a, a way to contribute well, it's not good. But it, but it's but it's it's a lot less bad than losing at the line of scrimmage, creating some trouble for the quarterback or or some pressure that might occur. Um, that's that's always better. So B for beef for powers uh, coming out of this game.
3: Absolutely. Um, let's move on to Linderbaum. Um, I had a, two main notes for him. I, um, I think they were both from the first quarter, actually. I think uh, one play where he, was, he had his face crossed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I met another play where he made a really nice block at the second level. So I think that's kind of what you get with, uh,
2: with Linderbaum during his rookie season, at least. Okay, so I see those on the first on the first two drives. So he was beaten left by 97. I forget who that is, but he's that's Roach, right? Who got the who got the um uh, roughly the passer call later in the game? I think so, yeah.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. Yeah. And uh Malcolm Roach. So he beat him for a for a pressure, and then he got beat for another pressure and a half late. One was by Demario Davis, who he didn't pick up on a blitz, and the other was a failed stunt handoff that was actually occurred with Zeitler in this game. It wasn't wasn't powers. I don't know why I had a visual memory of that, but it was with Zeitler that uh, that they didn't have a good stunt handoff and kind of both players uh, got in there and and, and pressured Lamar. Um, he had three missed blocks in the game. That's that's a good reduction for Lindemar, by the way. He'd been having a lot of missed blocks where he'd been losing at the line of scrimmage, been playing very off balance against bigger men, which has been, you know, we all knew it would be a problem, and we all knew that it, it, it might take time to adjust in terms of, the tricks that he used in college no longer work in terms of being undersized and under length to get to the body and play differently. So you ca- it's kind of like if you're Joe Frazier and you fight a bunch of guys who you were able to get inside on and and go to their chins. Now you fight Muhammad Ali or George Foreman and you got to learn a different way to fight to to not get beat up by them. So it's it's a uh, you know he's he's always going to have a little Frazier in him in terms of of uh, of uh, not being. Not being quite the perfect size, but but hopefully he'll adapt. This was actually one of his better games of the year. He had a C plus uh, in the in this game. Uh, didn't really have a, a you know a, a huge problem with any of the run blocking things he did. Three of three on pulls, five blocks in level two. Had a nice highlight block. Um, didn't have a great set of snaps. He he'd been doing very well in that category, by the way. Uh, he had a couple of high ones in this mm-hmm. game that are that were uh, not quite at the standard he set for himself today.
3: Yeah, I did notice a couple high ones. Um, what do you make of the play where they took the delay of game? Where Okay.
2: yeah. Yes. Okay, so here's what I did on that. Uh, I thought, yes, he was part of the problem, but I split that penalty charge evenly between Lamar, Zeitler and Linderbaum. And as okay. I saw it, they got to the line a little late. then Lamar' is setting people up, and then he, he makes his right-hand wave to Zeitler, Linder. who's looking back. Zeitler taps Linderbaum. Linderbaum is is takes another half second to snap the ball. And all of a sudden Lamar's, you know, pissed off at probably both those offensive linemen, but it seems like more Linderbaum that he kind of threw the football at, which really looked like crap, by the way. Yeah. Just it's 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 not what I want, you know, our quarterback doing. But the other veterans were there. Drake and Stanley and and Moses were all there, telling Lamar, "Calm down, calm down, take it, take it down." And especially not right
3: especially Stanley. Stanley yeah. was. Uh, they were getting a little heated.
2: Yeah, it's you know, it's good. Good for Stanley to be able to sit there and take Lamar's you know voice and you know just yelling at him uh, uh, you know for for trying to calm him down. Good for that. Uh, you know that's exactly what you want from a from a you know a great veteran lineman like him, and I think Moses you know delivered on some of that too. Uh, and then I think we got a few on the sideline that that they you know made up over this pretty quickly. But I think if they if they if he looked at this surface tablet, he'd probably realize that he kind of set up off some of this disadvantage personally by waiting too late. I, I, you know this team wants to run every play, like the third and two of Joe Flacco to. Todd Heap in the two thousand eight <laughs> AFC division okay, You know exactly the game yeah, I am talking about. Yeah, yeah. So you know they always want to run the play at like minus half a second on the clock. Right. <laughs> right, right. It's uh,
3: and and it's got yeah. Lamar's definitely. I think we were talking about this last year with Huntley. And when Huntley came in, it wasn't it went away in a lot of ways because so that was an indication that maybe it wasn't Rome. It was more Lamar than Roman, you know, that that would take a lot of analysis and digging in to really see Um, as far as the disagreement between Ronnie and Lamar, I don't think that's a big deal at all. I think that's maybe even good on a football team to have some fire sometimes and you have a disagreement and then you come back together and bond together and you move on. Um, But as far as the Zeitler being the tap, you know, the tap man, that's just because it's easier to for him to see Lamar because I remember Yonder did that. But then you think, does that, you know, give the defense a little advantage at the same time?
2: Yeah, you're, you're I mean, first of all, the clock's running out. There's not a whole lot of secret about when that snap is coming. Right. But but uh, on. I, I, you know, it's a cadence thing um, that you can change your cadence so that from the tap, it's a different amount of time. There's a head bob, there's an additional, or there's not, you know, kind of thing. And you can, and you can set it up from there. I, I thought that whoever was doing the announcing on this game, was it Aikman was doing the, yeah, Aikman, yeah. yeah. You said silent count. Yeah. Well, no, it, I know, I just said silent count, but the other thing yeah. he said, your, your center needs to know what, what's on that clock. Okay. Maybe, but also, zeitler has got to get set again. So if, if he taps and, he, and he's still moving back to get set, I mean, they could get flagged for that. Probably wouldn't anyway, because, you know, they don't ever really require people to set for a full second in the NFL anymore. Mm-hmm. Probably like a quarter second is about what they want. But it's, it's also the kind of thing that you just you prefer that this go off normally. And I think to be angry with Linderbaum exclusively is probably misdirecting about two thirds of that blame. Um, so that's how I divided. I, I gave a, uh, normally it'd be a minus three penalty for the delay of game, and he got a minus one on this instead of a instead of a minus three. Agreed, agreed. Move on to Zeitler. Yeah, sure. C plus overall for Linderbaum, by the way, okay. one of his better games of the year. Zeitler, uh, you know, he's he's still playing well. Uh, he hasn't been consistently great the whole year. He's had a couple of, of C games, but the, it's the, the good thing is that when Zeitler has a bad game, it's usually like a C or a C minus. And you're wondering well what's wrong with zeitler that's the marshall yada treatment i mean mm-hmm. that's that's like wow we got a good lineman if if that's all we're really concerned about is is what like done so yeah he's had three c's this year everything else has been an a or a b so uh you know extraordinary season and frankly you know, doing this every week, I'll tell you that there's a lot of play game to game variation in offensive linemen. And we accept it in baseball, you know, you get two hummers one day, you go for four the next day, it's not that big a deal. And, you know, you'll get back on the horse and you go for four, four straight games, you have a, you have a problem, but it really is kind of similar for offensive linemen is that there's just, since your plays come down to a few big hits, and if you give up a sack, it's a big deal. If you get a holding penalty, it's a big deal. It changes your grade significantly for that game. You just don't get too caught up in the in the game to game grade variation. I think that's probably true of whatever systems they use in house too. Whether that's PFF or they're using one of those zero to two grading systems that I've seen before. You know, zero half one two, one yeah. one half two kind of thing. So I I I think they're um you know I think they're 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 perfectly understanding about that. So anyway, five out of seven for Zeitler on polls. He did miss seven blocks, which is a lot but only two of those were losses at the line of scrimmage. They so missed two on poles. He missed um, three times. Once I think he slipped entering level two and the other two times he missed in level two. So uh, uh, he made zero level two blocks on the game, but he had uh, two or three opportunities depending on how you want to, how you want to call that there.
3: I think he's still playing on a very high level. Maybe not quite just slightly, um, you know, not quite as dominant as last year. Um, he's getting a little bit older, uh, but uh, just the main note I had was really nice down block on Drake's second touchdown.
2: On Drake's second touchdown, all right, take your word for it. I'm not looking at it right now, so uh, outstanding anyway. Uh, uh, just a, a guy who can get a consistent B has so much value to you because. A guy who gets a consistent B every week is going to be an A for the year, as silly as that seems. And you kind of see it in PFF scoring that they'll have a guy who's like a 75 every game, and all of a sudden he's a, he's an 89 for the season. And you wonder, what the hell happened here? How does that string of 75s add up? Well, it's because it's, it's a cumulative thing of how much better they are than an average player that's adding up. And it's one of the nice things about the PFF system that you used to have, and you were probably a subscriber back to when <clears> they did – all the plus two to minus two by plays, and you had you know a plus six game, and you had a, a you know plus two game and plus one game kind of thing, and then you could actually see what the relative impact was. And when they, when somebody had a real cratering of a game, you know, someone just totally didn't do their job at whatever position, you know, they have a minus six or a minus seven, and you'd see how long it would take them to dig their way out of it. Now people just don't get it; they don't understand. Well, he had one bad game. What do you mean he's a bad player? Well. You know, there's a lot of bad plays in that one bad game.
3: Right, right. Oh, maximum, all the plays over a season, not all the, not game by game. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's. I like how they do that though, where they and you, you certainly should. I mean, if you're a B, if you have a B every game, you're an A at the end of the season. I mean, because you have to equalize it to the rest of the players in the league. You can't have everyone only
2: had. No one has an A. Um, Yeah. So anyway, do you want to move on to Moses? Sure. Absolutely. So he missed one snap, came out of the game with some sort of injury concern. Of course, McCary gave up the pressure then, but 64 out of 65, he only gave up one pressure the whole game. He was beaten outside by Cam Jordan. And that led to the Keystone Cops play where he stripped the ball out of Lamar's (laughs) hands inadvertently. Uh, Lamar, incredibly, like if those two games is like he play, he was Elmer Fudd and 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 Lamar was Bugs Bunny because Lamar picked up the ball right off the ground it was like nothing happened ran out you <laughs> know nobody can catch him and and throws the ball on a line what you mentioned maybe forty yards downfield for Jackson.
3: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like Moses. I think he's given him exactly what they paid for. Uh, just very capable. Comparing him to some of what they saw from DJ Fluker and Tyree Phillips in previous seasons, it's a massive upgrade. Um, next game. He did have a penalty. If not. Did he have two penalties or was uh, just I, one? So, but just some some key blocks, some highlight blocks. He had a seal block on. I believe it was a Lamar scramble to pick up a long third down, um, and just, just a couple of nice down blocks in short yardage. So, I, I like him. I think you know, and it's great to have Falelei as a backup, a developmental backup, and if he is nicked up. But I think you can win a Super Bowl with Moses as your starting light tackle.
2: Yeah, I, I think you can too. I think one of the things they really need to try and do down the stretch, and I want to talk about a little more, more about what Moses did in this game, is really try and manage snaps for Morgan Moses because he's an older guy, he's a bigger guy, and they need him all the way through to the end. And, and I think getting Fa'olele some, some um, garbage time play would really be nice. You know, it, Maybe there's even a game where he can play the whole second half, but but you know, at least maybe there's three games where he can play the fourth quarter. You know, mm-hmm. with a string of weaker opponents, the Ravens have. I don't think that's an unreasonable hope that 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 might develop that uh, he can play these times. And I don't, I don't want forced playing time. I don't want he plays the fourth quarter because Moses gets hurts. So obviously, I want you know sure. it's, it's done out of their own volition. Uh, Moses had four missed blocks in this game, five blocks in level two, two pancakes, which led the team six out of seven on poles. By the way, you can get courtesy points in my system on polls. So if you're the trailer in a two man pull, a counter that typically on a counter play. Then you can get an automatic point as long as you don't obstruct the play, and he had one where he obstructed the play, and so he lost his point there. Otherwise, but but he actually makes contact and gets a block on a much higher percentage than than you would expect. And I I'm not even sure he doesn't make a higher percentage of his pulls than Ronnie Stanley has this year, which is really surprising. That actually connects on a block. So Ronnie very clever about finding a way to contribute, but, uh, but Moses also has been very effective uh, you know getting from right to left. Uh, I think he's the one guy, and I think we mentioned this in the, in the first thing we're talking scheme a little bit. He's the one Ravens offensive lineman who really looks completely comfortable in zone blocking schemes. He's, he knows how to use his body or his uh, length of his arm as appropriate to body off a guy and being a big bodied guy. Uh, he gets his face crossed surprisingly little. And I thought we saw some some good zone blocks in this game from him. And uh, and that was kind of nice to see B-plus for him for the game.
3: Yeah, so he was the best lineman in this game. And I, the grading matches the eye test
2: for me, for sure. All right, man. Well, this is a part of the show where we move on. And we talk about some of the skill position players and uh, – I always want to let the guest go first and pick a player, talk about him, see what you saw, and I'll I'll maybe talk about something else and then I'll I'll pick a different player.
3: Yeah, so I'd like to highlight Kenyon Drake. I think he was the probably one of the MVPs of the game for the offense. I thought he showed almost a total package of what you want from a running back besides maybe breakaway run, but um just really shifty in the hole, made a lot of guys miss, showed good balance, tough running to fight for yardage. Um a couple plays. I mean, he just kind of made himself small and slithered through a crack. Um, just really good, really good play. I've always liked Kenyon Drake. He was an athletic high round draft pick coming out of Alabama. And he's a really good, you know, RB2, RB3 on a quality team, even at this point in his career, in my view.
2: Yeah, definitely. I, I had a lot of questions with him coming to Baltimore. And I, I think that the Ravens have. I I can't figure out why they've gotten this—this basically the sequence of older backs they've gotten over the last two years with Bell and uh, Drake and Murray and Freeman and Davis. Five guys in two Mm -hmm. years—you know—who are are elder statesmen kind of backs in this league. And I know Drake is only like 28 or something, but that's still old for a running back. Mm -hmm. Um, It's 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 just strange to me. But the only reason I can come up with is that. The Ravens feel like they'll be better with the mesh point. They want to get guys who have played in in mesh point offenses because that's such a big part. Um, And you can't always trust a rookie to be able to release the football. And that's my theory on why a player like McCrary, who had the speed that they they really coveted and could have really used stylistically, didn't stick with the team, is that he really couldn't handle the mesh point. Um, And, you know, he was either gripping the ball too tight or, you know, whatever might have gone wrong with that 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 you know might stand to cause fumbles
3: yeah that would definitely make sense to me I think maybe they're also looking for a little bit of a veteran presence on the offense it is still a little bit of a younger offense I know some of the guys that were young two three years ago are, are maturing into their their primes but it's a position where you can find a veteran guy to maybe help out in the locker room but you know I'm just guessing here as far as I agree a lot of more younger backs have more juice yeah
2: so it's I I I don't know if the offense has enough veterans or not. Obviously, they've got a veteran at tight end in Nick Boyle. They've got veterans on the offensive line. They there's no issue with that with Zeitler and Moses and Stanley all on the offensive line. Um, they have Patrick Ricard, who I think is must be fairly well thought of in the clubhouse as, as mm-hmm. being that. Then they have some older running backs. The only position where they have some younger guys, and it's not obvious exactly who the leader would be. I mean, I don't think it's Deshaun Jackson yet. Let's put it that way. It uh, would yeah. be at wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd
3: probably Robinson. I would think Robinson is probably one of the, the the voices in that room, but it's good to have a mixture. You don't want all old guys. You don't want all young guys. I think
2: it's good to have a mixture at every
3: position if you can.
2: All right. Um, let's talk about Patrick Ricard a little bit. I, I've, I've really appreciated what he's been doing this year, obviously playing a ton of snaps, but I thought this was one of his better games of the entire year. Uh, definitely uh, they ran the ball effectively. Uh, he was, he was there in on basically every play down the stretch, ended up playing 46 snaps in this one uh, out in front of plays effectively, not getting generally beaten across his play, face. And he did a good job, whether it was pass blocking or run blocking in this one. Uh, you know, he was one of the guys Who's in and setting on, uh, on the? Uh, uh, I'm saying setting the edge like it's like he's a like he's a uh, outside linebacker, but uh, set blocking against mm-hmm. an edge rusher. Um, he, he did a fair amount of that, and he also did some chips. Um, but he he gives them that additional sixth offensive lineman uh, out of your fullback spot when they really need it.
3: Yes, definitely um, motion man on a lot of plays really helps c- c- create that uh, misdirection. Um, just he's he's we we know, we're well aware of who he is at this point. He had that nice pickup on the third and short on the dive. Yep. Um, so yeah, just he's I feel like he's very consistent game to game. Like he's probably one of the most
2: consistent players on the roster, I would say, game to game. Yeah, I, I agree. And you know, the Ravens have a couple of rushing records potentially on the line, 223 yards per game would, would get him the all time rushing record, breeding their own mark. I don't think it's out of position, but one thing that would have to be true for this is Ricard's gotta stay healthy. He's absolutely essential to that record being set. If they're going to do it, uh, you know they, they have eight straight 150 yard games, so it'll be interesting to see if they can continue that and record uh, a big factor.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to highlight James Proche next. Um, two catches, I believe, for 22 yards. Made a first down on both plays. Um, Shay's a Willie Sneed in a way. He's good at finding the soft spot between zones, and he has reliable hands. Probably not the blocker that Willie Sneed was, being able to take on a linebacker. Um, on a a run-back blocking play, but I think he's a good quality receiver to have as your wide receiver five, wide receiver four, wide receiver five. He can make plays and move the chains when you're in a bind and you don't have your all-pro tight end, you don't have your first-round wide receiver. He can make a couple plays. I don't think he's – I mean, he's an older player at this point. I think he's 26 or almost 27 years old. He was a fifth-year senior coming out of school. So not necessarily a developmental guy, but just a quality depth piece.
2: Yeah. He is, is the guy at the end of the roster who can hopefully step in. Kamar Aiken was mm-hmm. that guy, you know, for the Ravens and, and gave them, I think, a 75 catch a year mm-hmm. when they lost everybody in 2015. Uh, so it's it wouldn't shock me, by the way, if Prochet either were to. Just come up with an amazing run of games for the Ravens, which really wouldn't be it wouldn't be that shocking at all if that happened because due, due to injuries or whatever, it, you know, there's an opportunity this year potentially it could happen where he he gets all of a sudden gets five catches a game for six a six game period. Um, mm-hmm. Wouldn't wouldn't shock me, um, but uh, you know, it would also wouldn't shock me if he went into another offense and all of a sudden caught sixty five passes. Uh, I wouldn't surprise me at all.
3: Yes, and I think that's part of the issue is the. The vast majority of the receivers on the roster are better from the slot. So, you know, they had plays in this game where they were splitting likely out wide, so Perche could be in the slot. And there's just not a lot of slot snaps to go around. But I think, uh, yeah, in another offense, he could be, uh, you know, one of the best wide receiver threes, most productive at least, I think, in the league.
2: That's a great point. I mean, they're 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 really using Deshaun Jackson as an X, and he's not just an X. I mean, you know, he he typically be I think probably a Z in a lot of yeah, teams because you'd want to keep him in motion. But you know, on this team, he's he's really an X because <laughs> right. that's that's what they need. Uh, we're seeing Demarcus Robinson play a lot of X. Obviously, that's a that's a, not exactly where they want them. It's okay to have Likely as the X once in a while. I actually think Likely has come on as a blocker in such a way that I want him uh you know in position to make a good block uh that'll affect your run play, so it helps to have him just flex in a more typical uh twelve personnel flex tight end uh role there where we normally see andrews mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. let's let's talk a little bit more about likely a caught uh you know mixed bag of of stuff obviously ran a great route uh the great play design to get him free for the touchdown uh bothersome that he bobbled the ball nearly had it intercepted kind of not upsetting but he lost an opportunity to gain some trust points with Lamar on the wobbly ball thrown towards the left sideline that looked like it could have been caught to you know get the Ravens out of trouble there
3: yeah um you know mixed game the fourth round rookie I think everyone needs to understand that he's Still learning. Um, the bobble was – that whole sequence was just uh, a cluster, you know, from the uh, play a game. And, um, but he's a playmaker with the ball in his hands. I think he's one of the best yak players on the team remaining. So I think that's going to be
2: important coming down the stretch. Do the Ravens need to design more plays around that? Because we've seen two things happening. One is that Lamar has been somewhat susceptible – to getting an odd man rush for, for pressure. I'm not talking about a blitz necessarily, but an odd man rush for pressure, whether it's someone at the line of scrimmage or whatever it might be uh, to get in his face quickly. Do they need to have more ball out quick plays available? And it's likely a candidate. I think so.
3: I think he should be. I'd love to see, you know, little tunnel screen, tight end tunnel screen type of thing mixed in. Um, I mean, he's, if you ask me today who's going to be the leading receiver, the, the second third leading receivers on the team, I think it's probably Duvernay and Likely after Andrews for the rest of the season. So mm-hmm. you got to have three. I mean, you could you're a running team will understand that that's their identity. You still need three targets, no matter what, it just makes it too easy on defenses if they only have to worry about only covering two guys.
2: Okay. Maybe we'll move on to this guy as part of this discussion. But would it be a bad thing if Deshaun Jackson all of a sudden became the leading receiver for this team by some measure? And probably won't be in terms of total catch But maybe if he's if he becomes a yards-per-target guy who's at 10 on four targets per game, would that say more about other things that weren't right? Or would it say more things about what was right with Deshaun Jackson? Uh,
3: I think it would probably say what's more what is right about Deshaun Jackson for Lamar to trust him and to to target him. Um, sometimes Lamar is um, picky with who he's going to target. Uh, mm-hmm. We've seen that in previous seasons. I really think that's what they need. It's not the production that he needs to have 100 yards and – a touchdown every game from the X or Z receiver. It's the threat that that guy can beat you. So you can't bracket Andrews and stack the box every play. That's what it is. And if you get a, you know, you take two or three shots to Jackson a game and connect on one a game and he's averaging 40 yards a, a game, but the defense is prepared to defend every play against that. That's what, that's what I think has been the key to unlocking the offense all along.
2: Yeah, that that certainly would peel the top off the defense in a way that that Brown did for Andrews, uh, create less interceptions probably throwing to Andrews if you if you don't have safeties draped over him all the time like like uh, you know we have seen in 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 some recent years. Um, anybody else you want to talk about?
3: Um, I think we covered it. I mean, n- nobody's really standing out. I mean, it was mostly a nondescript game on offense, really, besides Lamar and Drake. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Been pretty happy with Oliver's play. Uh, you know, <laughs> we did mention Davis, I think, so we don't need to talk about him, uh, but, but Oliver remarkable story this year. Cause you know, I think we all had him cut on our 53s. Mm-hmm. I did. And, yeah. Yeah. And uh, he's still here and, and playing, frankly, he's, he's earned his snaps. Uh, but the, the two guys among this receiving group that have really earned their snaps, one is one is Oliver and the other is likely, I mean, likely it played, some extraordinary amount of snaps, and, and you think, Well, Mark Andrews is out. Well, they still wouldn't put up with it when they're running the ball as much as they have played 52 snaps in this game,
3: right? Right, oh. yeah. Um, that's that's the offense, that's tight end, tight ends. Um, uh, the, the issue I my concern is teams that have very good safeties. That's I think what's given Romans tight end centric offense trouble. Anytime they really had a game where they sputtered, that's. That's been the uh kind of the kryptonite.
2: Yeah. Got one good comment in the mailbag that I want to wanna make. And this is from Andrew Konaseski. I hope I have pronounced that game, uh, that name correctly. It's at A. Konizeski. He says Linderbaum snap looks faster than our previous centers. An important factor measuring his play impact. Completely agree. I think that that um if you're looking at how Linderbaum has contributed. the the pass blocking has been a little bit of a liability. His snaps have been outstanding. We haven't seen a bunch of art off target snaps, certainly not at anywhere near the rate. And, you know, my frustrations last year were that we're seeing a lot of 12 to six curve balls, a lot of these, you know, arcing snaps from Bozeman. I think that's really one of the decisions they made in terms of letting him walk was that they really needed to get the Lamar, the the ball more consistently to Lamar's midsection.
3: Yeah. And they've done that this year. And I think, um, yeah. That's probably an under the radar benefit that probably not a lot of people notice.
2: We certainly take ball. it for granted. Yeah. that's right yeah. Sure. But good point, Andrew. And, and by the way, use mailbag for comments like that doesn't always have to be a question. We'll discuss it anyway, but, uh, but we're, we love to hear that if uh, if you have those and uh, please feel free to jump in. How about MVPs from this game? I've got a three, two, one list. Do you want to go through a similar process?
3: I have the exact same three. Um and the exact same well, I'm not sure am I reading it top to bottom, I'll, I'll go third. My third okay. is Morgan Moses was uh, the best offensive lineman in the game in a game when the offensive lineman offensive line was the engine of the offense, so you have to put him there.
2: Yeah, I, I agree entirely with that. I, I wouldn't have a problem if somebody said Ronnie Stanley uh, uh, there, but I thought Moses, you know, basically was at the point of attack a little more often. Uh, On these plays, doing some some really outstanding things. And uh, the push he gets when he gets push is really exciting to see. It's great. It's great to see him driving, driving guys five, five or seven years down the field.
3: Sure. Well said. Uh, Number two is Kenny Drake. Uh, Again, just made the most of his opportunities in this game. Really uh, just ran the ball very well.
2: A little bit of a grindy game, 24 for 93. So a little 3.4, 3.9 yards per carry, I should say. But I also felt like Drake did more. Okay, go back to the Giants game. We had just a ridiculous, you know, 11 yards or something per carry. I felt like the plays were perfectly blocked for him. The thirty-yard mm-hmm. touchdown run. The first guy to touch him, I believe, was Powers, who was the pulling guard on the play. <laughs> so, so, when you have a, a situation where the where the plays are that well blocked, I, I give some credit to the running block. But those were high expected yards plays. In terms of of this game, I felt like that wasn't the case at all. I thought he was getting some yards on his own uh, with some of the slipperiness you mentioned earlier in the show. So, I thought I, I agree with you. I think Drake is the number two guy.
3: Yeah, he broke a ton of tackles. I think he exceeded what was blocked for him is probably a better way to put it. Number one, uh, the MVP of the franchise, the city, (laughs) Lamar Jackson. Uh, He missed a couple throws this game, probably missed three or four throws. Uh, I think that's – exacerbated cuz they don't throw as much cuz every quarterback in the league misses throws every single game and mm-hmm. the the tensions on Lamar more because of and a lot of the throws he's creating on his own to create those windows um so anyway just tremendous um on the ground in this game reading the leverage as you always mentioned uh making guys miss and moving the chains and driving the the, the offense to victory
2: yeah he had seven first downs on eleven rushes, which is just fantastic. I mean that's the running back who could do that would be remarkable but uh very patient runner still. we never saw him get into fourth gear this entire game he wasn't running fast for Lamar at any point he was he was maneuvering in third gear, making people miss and 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 getting yards, and finding ways to twist through contact you know to a certain degree so he was really gutting it out. He wasn't 2019 Lamar who they really mostly set up to run to the sideline. And I guess maybe there's another little point because it's news in the NFL going on right now with, with Josh Allen and possibly having the elbow thing. First of all, could completely change the balance of power in the AFC. Sure. Obviously if, if, if that happens, but second of all, isn't it supposed to be Lamar who gets hurt, you know, running the football who, and, and, uh, and Josh Allen who, you know, runs the football like he doesn't even care of, you know, finally takes the hit that, uh, that really hurts him in, in this case. And, and we'll see, we'll see if that's the way it works out. Yeah.
3: Lamar's running style. He's proven to, uh, he just doesn't get hit very hard, very often. He's not Cam Newton trying to uh, run through people and then having shoulder issues. You know, it's just, it's totally different style. I think it is pretty well sustainable. Yeah.
2: All right. Outstanding Josh. I, sorry, not Josh, boss. Always a great time talking football with you. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Uh, tell folks again where they can talk football with you.
3: I am at Vasily's Beatdown on Twitter, V-A-S-I-L-A-S Beatdown. And I'm the co managing editor and author for Baltimore Beatdown.
2: All right. Outstanding stuff here. Please give, give Vas a follow. He's a good friend of the show, always is ready to come on when, uh, when we uh, have a chance to talk football. I always look forward to it. Uh, other folks out there, if you'd like to be on a film study short, this is the time. Got a bye week coming up. Hit me up with your ideas. Looking for somebody who t- wants to talk red zone offense. That's a, that's one in particular. If you want to talk about something else to maybe get the passing game going in some other way, love to hear from you on that. we got some other uh, good ideas. Hopefully get an ex-player on to talk about life after football. Uh, we don't know exactly when that's going to be happening, but uh, I'm looking forward to having that show coming up soon. Uh, Voss, thanks again for coming on. Thanks for having me. And talk to you next time on Film Study.